welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Well, welcome back to Fracture Line. Today we have on Dr. Christopher Tao. We're very excited to have you on, sir. Thanks for joining us. No, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited to be on Fracture Line, uh, excited to talk about all things fracture rocking and rolling. <laughs> awesome. Well, we always start by having the guest host just introduce themselves. Tell the listeners who you are, where you are, uh, what your practice is. Sure. Uh, my name is Chris Tao. I'm a thoracic surgeon. I trained in New York City and I uh, joined the faculty at uh, UH Hospitals uh, Case Medical Center in, God, about uh, 2014. Uh, so I've been here uh, kind of seven, eight years now. Um, I'm a general thoracic surgeon. My practice is primarily surgical oncology. So I do mostly lung cancer work. Chest wall stuff is sort of a more of a hobby passion project of mine. So first question I have for you is how did you get involved with CWIS? What was your initial involvement with us? How, how, did, how did we approach you or you approach us? I was actually speaking at a... Um, conference in uh, Boston. It was sort of a, it was called Innovations in Chest Wall Surgery or something like that. And I had talked there about intrathoracic fixation, um, sort of my million invasive techniques, and intercostal cryoanalgesia. And Fred was there, as was Tom White, and they said, listen, you got to come join us. You're the sort of uh, crazy individual who fits in at CWIS. Yeah, I said, I'm I'm that kind of crazy. Let's do it. So he hooked me up with Sarah Ann, and before you knew it, we were in, hanging out. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure. It, I can't believe it's been that long. You've contributed mightily to the organization. Lots of research, participation, committee work, that sort of thing. So we, we're grateful. So thank you. No, it's been a ton of fun. I mean, I, I think the beauty of it is that uh, you get a bunch of people in a room who all share a passion for this stuff, and the sky's the limit as to what we can do. Um, you know, I feel like rib fracture surgery, rib fracture science is really just beginning, and we're at the precipice of some amazing stuff. Well, yeah. and I think you've done a terrific job of passing that forward as well, or, or moving that forward, in that now your resident was an integral part of our, our in, um, initial resident fellow project that's going to be discussed at the, the summit, which is awesome. So I think that that's a really cool opportunity that not only are you contributing, but also, you, you know, passing the torch to others. So thank you. So Chris, you're a thoracic surgeon. You're not a trauma surgeon. You rely on the good graces of your trauma surgeon colleagues to identify and send patients your way, I'm guessing. I don't think you hang out in the ER waiting to see what rolls in. So tell us how that works for you and what advice you might give thoracic surgeons who likes, like to do uh, rib fracture. The nuance of it is, is more complicated for me. And it started because I'm married to a trauma surgeon and she parted the trauma program at this hospital. So when she came to this hospital, we both came, it wasn't a trauma center. And they opened as a level one trauma center while we were young attending. When that happened, um, they sort of uh, opened the doors and were like instantly overwhelmed with rib trauma and chest trauma. And they didn't have a, a system to sort of deal with that. And I stepped in mostly because, you know, I didn't have a choice and started a process of like building a program. They needed bodies and I was really interested in it and really interested in sort of what was possible based on my thoracic surgery training. So what that did was every thoracic trauma for the first, I don't know, year involved me personally. Uh, we had a small program. We were very friendly. You know, we worked together to give these patients best care. 
And it helped that Vanessa was rounding on him every day and she could say, come see this guy, you know, come take a look. And so we, we started making decisions together and that sort of was the start of the relationship. I don't think this works if you sit in an ivory tower and you wait for a referral. I think you do have to be in the trenches a little bit. And sometimes I do just scroll through the ER CAT scans. You know, um, I'll, I'll look in the TICU and scroll through CAT scan and walk down there and say, hey guys, what's going on with Mr. Zulu or whatever his name is? You know, like, what's going on down there? Can I help? Do you need me or not? And a lot of times they say, oh no, this guy's got whatever. His pelvic fracture is too bad. But just being a, a, a happy uh, colleague is so much better than being an angry, you know, referring doc. You know, it, we're all trying to be on the same team. So what I heard you say is you need to marry a, a trauma surgeon <laughs> if you're a thoracic surgeon. <clears throat> my first experience, you know, repairing ribs was a synthes course back in training. And my wife and I were dating at that time. And, you know, there was one of these steak dinners plus a course kind of thing. And I was like, hey, you want to go for a steak dinner? And we learned how to repair ribs basically just so we could go on a date. You know, I had never repaired ribs. We didn't do it in training for a steak. And here I am, you know, 20 years later, it's like, I don't know, the major part of my practice, major part of my research. It all started with a steak. So you're really into intrathoracic plating. How many have you done? Oh, I don't know. My um, guess is 50, maybe 100. I, I don't know. I do about I do about 25 to 40 a year, and I've been doing it for two and a half years now, so something like that. You know, I'm, I'm moving a lot to not just intrathoracic. You know, I, I let the fracture tell me how to fix it. I really prefer an intrathoracic approach because I think it's faster and I'm deeply impatient I think it's stronger and I I don't love you know plate shaping but I I have put in hundreds of intrathoracic plates for sure well I I, reason I asked that is you know I'm also I'm a big believer in it and I, I I'm, I'm with you with uh, you know helping uh, train the, the the masses in this country I do smaller courses I, I have more of the you know three or four you know people in a course as opposed to your 20 or 30 people in a course but uh, that's how that's that's how I roll. But um, the, but my question I have is is you know I'm I'm trying to do you know working on my papers and stuff and there are no papers out there for intrathoracic plating. There's no good you know I think you and Shubal have to join forces right and, and get your 200 cases in there and and really show that this is a great thing. I think it's an amazing operation. So so we actually have started that process. There are some IRB issues that are actually currently happening, you know. So so we expect to at least document safety. Our big um, goal is to document safety. Just to say, listen, here are 100 consecutive cases and no plate failures. Or here are 100 cases and no wound infection. I think people are still nervous about violating the pleura or something like that. And I think we just need to get out there and say, it's safe, it's effective, patients do well. And and I think that that message, when there's a number behind it, will really resonate with it. You're really integrating it into multiple options. You know, it's just an option to fix a rib based on the rib morphology. And I think that's where this research really needs to go for someone like me. I use a lot of different systems. I only did intrathoracic and fellowship. I haven't brought it to my new job yet, but it's in the right application with your kind of research and data, I would certainly do that. I just don't have uh, mentors pushing that science along right now. Sure. And you know what I think the other thing is, is it's important to realize that the the system is, like you're saying, it's, it's, it's 
part of a broader mechanism to care for these patients, but it's also the beginning of innovation. You know, there is room to continue to innovate how we care for these patients. I see this system as a big step in the right direction. It eliminates a lot of the, for me, learning curve associated with extrathoracic fixation, where to make an incision, how to, you know, how to do retraction. Um, plate shaping is, I think, much more complicated than people give it credit for. And if we can continue to innovate with those barriers to good care in mind, I mean, the sky's the limit. For me, there are two problems with surgical stabilization. One is the techniques. We have to standardize the techniques and teach people how to do a better job because I still think there's variability in how people are doing the operation. And we need to try to standardize that and improve the care through the operation itself. And then the other problem is finding patients and getting the word out. You know, there are probably 600,000 patients out there a year with rib fractures and more and more of them are going to be candidates for surgery and we need to build a mechanism to care for them. I mean, it can't just be give people oxycodone and send them on the road. Uh, and, and that, I think, is the bigger problem. And that's where I hope CWIS can, can leverage some changes. I think what you do is amazing. I'm so happy that you, you're married to a trauma surgeon. Um, I'm married to a plastic surgeon, so I have my own skill set because of that. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things we, we definitely take from our, our, our loved ones and, and make ourselves better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how dorky our dinner conversations are, but they, they definitely drift to the severely nerdy um, science of like who gets what operation and where did you put your port, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Tao, thank you so much again for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Are you going to be in ICWIS this time? Are you going to be yes. in person? I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, we have some interesting studies we're presenting. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but uh, we're presenting actually a study that looks at provider type and the influence of provider type on surgical repair. You know, there's huge variation in uh, adherence to guidelines uh, for surgical stabilization and we think provider type may be part of that. Very much looking forward to that and thanks again. Sarah, you want to go over some uh, weekly updates? Yes, we are, well I should say four weeks from right now we'll all be having similar you know, discourse just of this nature so it, uh, it is fast approaching and looking forward to uh, looking to, forward to seeing you all there. In the meantime, I mentioned <clears throat> that the transportation link was going to be live on the website and thought that I had made it live on the website. And then um, someone pointed out that it in fact was not live on the website. So it's going live today instead. So if you just to reiterate and make sure that everybody's on the same page, um, if you're renting a car, totally your choice, not a big deal. Um, however, you really don't need to because once we get to the facility, everything is is all encompassing. Um, so you can you really can just get transportation, you know, from the airport to the canyons, or excuse me, to Park City Mountain Resort, and then um, you'll be you'll be good to go. We have arranged for um, one of the companies here; they're going to do large suburbans for $125. So you can either um, go up by yourself if you'd like to, we can we can arrange that for you. Or if there are a couple people that are all landing within a, a relatively convenient time, we'll just throw everybody in one car together and then your cost will be super cheap. So um, there'll be a link on the website today that then you can fill in your information. We'll group people together and let you know, you know, approximate times so that you would know about how long you'd be waiting and then you can you can go ahead and sign up and that should work, I think, relatively smoothly, especially on 
Saturday at the end of the conference or Sunday, as people will probably be going home, I think, Sunday morning, then there will be plenty of humans all traveling back at the same time. We may as well all save a buck or two as we travel together. So, should be good. Um, as far as other items, um, we do have this month, Dr. Chris Janowak is um, doing a really fantastic um, uh, journal club that will be on the 13th. Um, so keep an eye out on the newsletter for that. We've canceled case review for this month because it actually falls right during the summit. So you don't need to worry about case review, but we do start back up with a webinar, case review, and journal club in May. So if you're missing those things, don't worry. You don't have to wait too long. Perfect. Anyone want to fire it off? Final stitch time. I do. I'll go first. Um, so we have really cool evening events that are going on at the summit. So I'm just going to roll through them really quickly because they're on my mind and it's what I've been working on um, quite a bit lately. So Wednesday night, there's a celebration for those that are at collaborative or those that are part of collaborative centers. Thursday night is for everybody mining on Main Street. Um, we're as as we've discussed previously, we're all going to take um, some large buses over to Main Street, we've got two really delicious restaurants picked and um, some of our industry partners have selected some topics for discussion. It's just really gonna be an outstanding event and you won't wanna miss it. There's unbelievably good food, great discussion. So Thursday night, put it on your calendar as just a really fun CUS night. Um, Friday night, you're on the town, footloose and fancy free. Whatever you wanna do, you know, make reservations with friends, um, with, with industry partners, whatever that looks like for you Friday night. Um, I know our APCs are doing a, a special dinner, so um, send your APCs our way if, if they're interested. Friday night's going to be great. And then Saturday night is our, our cowboy party and our send-off. And for those that attended our send-off in Santa Fe, you know that things, things are pretty, pretty fun at, at those parties. So I have just been thinking about that a lot lately and planning all the, the final little details. So please, please plan to show up and be part of the fun. So it's more fun with lots of people. You know what I think is fun? Tell My me. daughter's eighth birthday party. It's coming up next week. It's going to be rock this rock and roll eighth birthday party, ninja themed. Get pumped if you're in town and you're in Cleveland. Come by. I got cake for you. If you're not, I may come what's your to town what's your daughter's name? Let's shout out. Let's shout out your daughter. Shout out to Adrian Lee Tao, turning up. eight on April eighth. Ooh, it's her golden birthday. That's even more special. I love it. Dr. White, you got a final so stitch? Cool. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for a good a good fraction line. Chris, it was great to see you, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in a couple of weeks. You know, the only thing on my mind was uh, really we're um, taking my – we do date days for each one of my kids, and so we kind of instituted this new thing where we take one of the kids on their own special weekend, and we're doing that for our son this weekend. Uh, and I'm looking forward to going to the Boston Aquarium, so that's what's on my mind. My final stitch is uh, – so it has been – since residency interviews, so think about how long ago that was for me. I'm not going to tell you how long, but a long time since I bought myself a new suit. And I have just bought myself two new suits. They are not bespoke suits like Dr. White told me to buy. Uh, I don't think I have that money yet. But um, I have two new suits. Uh, guys can get to look at me in my, in my new attire I'm in four weeks' That's time. That's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Dr. Tao, thanks, guys. All right. Have a great Thank day. Thanks again. Rock and roll. Thanks for the call. Bye.